Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbis. Spill on your jersey. Herbach. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose. Yellow. Uh, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers, and this is our podcast. And today we have a waiver wire edition for you as we do every Tuesday. Um, so if you haven't yet already, check us out on Twitter at the FF fathers. And that's where we post all of our shows and communicate mostly with, uh, the fantasy football community. Um, so that covers it, right? Those are still, that's still our only socials. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Social media is hard, man. <laughs> I'm an old man. Um, if you're new to the show, we, this is our first year doing the podcast. So definitely um, not a super polished show, but uh, we believe our fantasy insight is worth the listen. So uh, hopefully we can help you guys with some waivers. We've all been participating in, uh, what is known as fantasy football for many, many years, uh, combined probably 40 plus, um, between the three of us. So, uh, we hope to bring that knowledge and experience to you as well as another source. Bottom line is you're not going to hear these takes anywhere else. Ooh, the original. I feel like that's the bottom line. I mean, I feel like that's almost hard to do in fantasy football. Like there's definitely going to be some crossover, but for yeah. the most part, we 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 tend to think on our own and uh, obviously so I, try to build our own opinions on players. Let me rephrase it then. So, in our minds, you will not hear this anywhere else. At least in my <laughs> mind. At least yeah. in my mind, like I come to my own opinions, and you guys come to your own opinions from right. looking at certain things. We're not just like going off of someone's list. Yeah, exactly. But there are a lot of lists out there these days. Um, so let's get right into the waivers. And start at the the running back position. Uh, this week there seems to be a little bit more, a little bit more out there this week. Obviously due to some injuries, um, rather than last week, um, some surprising players that were you know waiver wire ads last week like Dontrell Hilliard having a big game. But let's start at the top. Obviously with you know kind of an easy one, Alexander Madison. Right now he's rostered in 55% of leagues on sleeper. Um, Coach Mike Zimmer uh, indicated on Monday that Cook is viewed as day-to-day with that shoulder injury. So it's actually not as serious, I don't think, as people originally thought. Um, Honestly, coaches are going to say what coaches say. I'm going to go with what Adam Schefter says because he has the inside knowledge um, and expect him to be out for one to two weeks. Yeah, Eric Smith of the Vikings official site reports. We'll just see how Dalvin is doing. So that's pretty lackluster. Um, So right now, Coach says he's day-to-day, but more likely he will at least miss one week, probably two. Uh, But either way, Madison's a must-add if he's available in your league somehow. For sure. I mean, so we said this a couple weeks ago when Dalvin Cook's – you know, uh, legal situation came up that he should have been added in all leagues because of that. That was a couple weeks ago, and I think his ownership has actually gone down in that time frame. I don't know yeah. why that's the case, but that's stupid. Um, he should have been added already. If he is available in your league, he 
has to be picked up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a, you know, almost if you, if you're the cook manager, I mean, he's a must add. Like I think I joined a, a league that drafted, um, right before week 10. And I, I got Dalvin cook at the number six spot. And I think I drafted Alexander Madison in like the ninth or 10th round. Cause that was when, you know, all the news came out about his legal situation. And so I was like, I got to go get Madison. But, um, yeah, if, if for whatever reason, Madison's not rostered absolute must add of the week. I'm not like too familiar with the NFC North playoff picture. I hope you are since you're a Packers fan. Are like the Vikings still in the picture? They're close to a winning record, right? Yeah. And, you know, as a, uh, uh, newly acquired owner of the Green Bay Packers. I must, I got to throw that in there every time I talk about them now from, for the rest of my life. Cough clap. Uh, um, um, I forgot the question. I was too focused on being an owner. Well, of the I'll, cut Packers. To, I'll, <laughs> I'll cut to the chase. Honestly, like if the Vikings can make a real playoff push. Yeah. It, no, it, I mean, they possible. could, they could, they could definitely get in the playoffs right now. I think if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs, but um, and they did beat the Packers last week in kind of a weird game. Uh, Packers are definitely missing some guys, but yeah, the Vikings aren't a, a bad team, you know, like that's a, they're a pretty good squad when they're playing good football. So yeah, they're right now in the playoffs race. They're in the eighth spot. So they're just outside. Okay. So they could easily finish two in the division, like for sure. Okay. Well, the main second. reason I'm asking is because I, I feel like if they feel like they have a genuine chance, then it's it's just more incentive to rest cook. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, but their chances don't seem safe, so it doesn't. I, I would imagine they're gonna probably push him more than they would want to. Yeah, I mean, they they got a shot at it for sure. So, um, I I could definitely I, I imagine them probably making the playoffs. Um, so basically, what I'm getting at is like the like the easier it seems for them to get into the playoffs, it's easier for them to play Madison instead of Cook and let him. Yeah, rest. for sure. Yeah, they should make it in. Um, I know we're going, kind of going away from fantasy football-wise here um, a little bit, but... It ties into fantasy football it in does. the end. It does, but they have a pretty easy schedule. They get Chicago twice and Detroit this weekend, so those, those right. are three winnable games, and they get Pittsburgh after Detroit, which, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, Pittsburgh's a little feistier than I think a lot of us expected to be this year. Um, so, I mean, they could still win four out of the last six pretty easily. Yeah, feisty, like when you throw out your garbage and a can cuts you. <laughs> Goddamn trash bag. That shit hurts. Yeah, you fight you feisty little trash bag. Uh speaking of the Detroit Lions, um uh, within the division, uh Jamal Williams is gonna be a pretty big um waiver wire ad this week. He's rostered in thirty seven percent of leagues, so definitely a little bit more available. Um you could tell, like, I don't know if you guys were watching the game on Thanksgiving, but right when Swift got tackled, just like in the fashion that he got tackled and the way he landed and and the speed and all that, I was like, oh, there's that could definitely be a shoulder injury. And, and sure enough, he didn't get up, and then he was, you know, out with the shoulder. Um, so uh, apparently Dan Campbell said today uh, on Monday that is um, that it was it would be hard to see him playing. Um, and, and said that he's still very sore were the quotes about Deandre Swift. So it's likely that he's missing some, some time probably for sure this week. 
Um, so how do you guys feel about Jamal Williams? Are you willing to like, if you're fighting for, you know, let's say you really have to win to get into these playoffs, uh, the fantasy playoffs, are you spending a pretty good chunk of fab on Jamal Williams in that case? Personally, I, I am, I'm curious what you guys think. Oh, I, if I have fab left, I'm spending like all of it on Jamal Williams. If Madison isn't available, I'm definitely going Jamal Williams. Um, I mean, if it's this is a one or two game situation, more than likely, but DeAndre Swift was a top ten PPR back going into this season, or you know, to this point in the season. Jamal Williams is almost the same type of running back, and earlier in the year they used them almost identically, and then Swift just kind of, you know, kind of separated himself just because he's that much more talented. But Williams should uh, jump in there and produce almost as as equally good as Swift did. Yeah, I'm super huge on Williams. I think he's a really tough runner. Um, I'm I'm honestly curious what James' opinion is. You know, Packers fan, someone who was a backup on his team for four years. No, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think you will see some of Jamar Jefferson as well. So if you're in a really deeper league, um, but I I definitely think Jamal Williams is going to take the bulk of the carries. Like that's, I think at least he'll he'll be getting at least sixty five seventy percent. Receiving work, oh, I total touches of the backfield. I think Jamal Williams is seventy percent. I I'd even go higher than that. I mean, Jamar Jefferson. I mean, he even though DeAndre Swift only played what like not even quite the half. Um, Jamar Jefferson was only on the field for like two snaps. Yeah, yeah, I think, but, but with you know a week of practice, getting him some reps, right? And we did see a flash. I think two weeks ago from Jamar Jefferson where he scored and he looked pretty good actually. So um, if there's any week for Jamal Williams, it's this week right now. This is his opportunity. Yeah, Minnesota next week. It. Either way, like if you need a running back, you know, at this point, like a lot of my fab budgets are getting pretty low at this point in the season. Um, so obviously I would be at like a much higher percentage, but well, I think I'm still holding like a depression era. <laughs> You're just never gonna spend senior citizen. I know. And that's Hell a yeah. that's an interesting strategy. Should I though, drop all like, hundred on Jamal. I feel like we should do a segment at some point on fat budget and and talk about how we kind of manage that. But um, so let's okay. If you're, are you in a position where you need a running back and you have a good amount of fab? Yes, but th- this whole example is gonna like go to shit because I already have Jamal Williams. I've been oh. I've been holding him. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's say you didn't have Jamal Williams. How much fab do you have, and how much would you be willing to spend? Okay, so I have seventy dollars in fab left out of a hundred starting. I have seventy percent of my fab. Um, I'm one of the few in that area. Just, <laughs> just to give you an area, okay, just to give you a rough example. A lot of people are hovering around like thirty. There's a couple of people up fifty plus. But, anyways, I would, I'd spend like twenty five on him maybe at the most because it's it's a one week rental. Because you don't know how yeah. bad the injury is, and they're obsessed with um, just but, using that committee there. This is his opportunity yeah. this week. It's, it's a one-week thing. If you need to really make a push and get a win for the playoffs, I, definitely go for I it. I could really see them sitting DeAndre Swift, though, for multiple weeks, given the fact that, obviously, they're not making the playoffs, and it's a lost season, and he's your stud outside of, like, TJ Hawkins, and you don't have – like uh, you're will, building the offense around him, so don't kill him in a, a season where you're not going to win a game. I understand that, but I will counter with um, why preserve somebody who you might not be coaching next year, a.k.a. Dan Campbell. 
<laughs> the, the team has not been winning. I, let's just yeah. be honest. Like he might get cut. So I'm just saying it's we're we're veering off at this point. But I mean, I could I could definitely see Swift out for multiple weeks. Is is kind of my how I see this playing out. Given the fact that they're what you know haven't won a game, obviously yeah, they're they, oh, 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 ten nine and one, oh ten and one, oh ten and one. I think. Okay, so we chose our sides. Then I'm on the side that I would I would spend like fifty percent of gonna like um, spare some kneecaps. I, I would spend like fifty percent of Fab if I was in a position where I needed to win now and needed a running back. Um, next on the list, Chuba Hubbard, forty nine percent rostered. Um, who would have thunk it? Christian McCaffrey is uh, has been placed on season ending IR. He's out for the rest of the season. Um, so, obviously, Chuba Hubbard's the obvious pickup, but Amir Abdullah, who's obviously available everywhere, um, is reportedly going to see some playing time as well. He had six targets last week through the air. Uh, but when Christian McCaffrey was out, Hubbard averaged 20 touches per game. So, obviously, if he's available, you're picking him up, right? Well, what I'm wondering is, like, why everyone's not as like, – are you guys not as high on him as Madison and Williams? Uh no. I'm not either. Um I mean with when he had the the bulk of the carries, like he didn't produce that well with them. Right. Um I think he's still kind of just learning it. He's a little small for the league and he, I think he needs to bulk up a little bit too um for to play running back. So out of the three guys we've mentioned, um which I think are your top waiver wire picks for the week because of the injuries, he would be third on my list. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, um, you know, Dontrell Hilliard's obviously almost in that conversation over Chuba, I think, but but Chuba's a starting running back, at least for the rest of the season, right? So That's I the would, one thing. Obviously he has going you put him him. over Dontrell, but I think Amir Abdullah is gonna be involved in this offense, so you're gonna see more of a, a split backfield than we did prior with Carolina. But yeah, I'm I'm Williams and Madison ahead of him for sure. Where do you have him, uh, Trey? I'm not sure where to put him because it's super interesting because if you're a team like trying to make the playoffs, which means you're looking like, you know, five weeks ahead or so, if you're looking for championship, you know, or is it week 16 would be the championship in most leagues, right? Uh, Week 17, since there's 18 weeks now. Yeah, so week 17 then, right? So you're looking ahead and like who's going to be realistically starting out of these guys? It's Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what really throws it off for me. So if you're you're in the space for like an immediate win, you know Madison and Williams are definitely Jamal Williams are definitely like better pickups for now. I can see that. The longer sure. play though, if you're a team that's going to cruise into the playoffs, like Chuba Hubbard is definitely the better pickup. Yeah, but you know I could also see Swift being pulled for the rest of the season just because like why, <laughs> like why even play him? You know, I don't know why I'm so stuck on that, but I'm telling you, Dan Campbell's not going to just like. Dalvin Cook, I think, will be forced back, right? Because they're in a position to potentially make the playoffs. But, but I, yeah, I think that's a good point. Still, you know, there is more stability there long term with Juba Hubbard. So, yeah, if you if you're looking for someone in the playoffs, you know, more than this week, I could see that for sure. Um, next on the list, Dontrell Hilliard, rostered in forty six percent of leagues. Uh, he was a, a pretty big waiver wire name last week, mostly because there really weren't too many <laughs> options last week, but, um, he also received 10 targets through the air in week 11, which, you know, 
um, kind of got everyone's attention. Um, and last week we kind of talked about how kind of not to chase the fool's gold with the 10 targets through the air. And I honestly thought we were, were really spot on with that. Um, because early on Sunday before the game started, there were reports everywhere that Deontay Foreman was expected to get the bulk of the carries. Um, but then Dontrell Hilliard kind of erupted and went for, you know, 12 touches, uh, 12 rushes for 131 yards and a touchdown with a, a really big run, 10 yard per carry average, um, playing 51% of the snaps. And Deonta Foreman finished the game with 49% of snaps, uh, but also had 19 rushes for 109 yards. So that was kind of surprising to me uh, because it was reported everywhere that Foreman was really going to take the bulk, and it was more of a split. So um, how do you guys feel about Dontrell Hilliard? Do you think uh, this is kind of like uh, – you think it's real? you think it's like smoke? Or you think there's actual fire here um, with Dontrell Hilliard going forward? Mm, I'd say there's some smoke. The, the, both their stat lines are like the, the result of their offensive line being amazing that day and creating all these holes. And Dontrell Hilliard, um, he had a 68-yard run. So he, really he had 11 carries for 63 yards, which is still a really good average. Yeah, but um, I I just think that's like a uh, just a result of like going against a weaker uh, line team. The offensive line ruled that game, and they did well. It's still Deonta Foreman for me. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, and it wasn't <clears throat> even though the snap share was fifty fifty, the carry share wasn't. Uh, uh, Dante Foreman um, carried almost two thirds, had almost two thirds of the carries here, so that wasn't fifty fifty. So it's definitely still Foreman for me. And uh, is Jeremy uh, McNichols going to be – is he supposed to be back for week 13? Oh, they have the bye. That's right. Well, while you're looking that up, it's – So, Dontre Hilliard isn't going to do anything for you week 13 either because they have the bye. So, if you if you need to win now, obviously that's um, not a great pickup. And then when he does come back, like McNichols will probably be back in week 14 – uh, last game of the most people's you know regular season in fantasy football gets real sketchy starting a guy <laughs> you know in week 14 um that you've only seen once really um so yeah for me that's that's tough there i wouldn't i wouldn't spend much i'd pick him up as a depth piece um i probably wouldn't put any fab on it though i i don't know about chasing that still um, next on the list, Matt Breida, he's rostered in 15% of leagues. Um, he, Breida had only seen 12 carries all season, uh, prior to Thursday. Um, but the bills have been wanting to shake it up and benched Zach Moss, um, in the contest, giving Breida the opportunity that he'd really been waiting for. Um, it looked like he was going to be the main ball carrier for the night, but but Devin Singletary got hot, and the two ended up splitting the work um, in kind of a shutout there on Thursday. So Singletary finished with 16 touches and 16, 2%, 62% of the snaps, while Brita had 11 touches and 38%. Um, how do you guys see this backfield breaking out going forward, and are you adding Matt Brita 
um, given the fact that the Bills are kind of going towards him. Don't care how it breaks out in the future because uh, I don't want any part of this fucking backfield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just look at their averages. I mean, they both average under three yards a carry. Yeah. I don't care what they're doing going forward. This is a terrible rushing offense. Just because, like, one guy's getting more touches at this point still means they're getting, like, 45 yards at best. Like, come on. Yeah, this backfield is, like, fantasy cancer. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's seriously, it, it joined, um, you know, our, our usual list of, or I guess our old list. It kind of replaced our old list, which used to be New England, um, the Baltimore. Rams, Baltimore, teams like that. And, I mean, I guess now it's just the Bills. Yeah, I've been kind of in the camp of avoiding this backfield um, ever since the off season. So I'm I'm staying there, and I'm definitely staying there given their schedule the rest of the way. They they play the New England Patriots, then they're at Tampa Bay, then they play Carolina, and then they're at New England um, in the championship game. So I hate this backfield so much. <laughs> I did like 20 mock drafts in the off season, and I guarantee you, I didn't even draft any running back on the Bills. <laughs> yeah, me either. I, I even like purposely, yeah, dicking around. <laughs> even dicking around, I can't take that risk. Well, in that schedule going forward, like they don't have a good matchup going forward, so um, tough to start anyone out of this backfield right now. So New I, England twice. You know, unless you're in the most desperate of desperate situations, I don't think you should be adding well, Matt Breida. I mean. I don't think we should like think New England's like this great rush defense. I mean, they just got carved up by the Titans. Uh, yeah, but but that doesn't mean Titans you have been pretty good running the ball, even yeah, though they've had Derrick Henry. And that doesn't mean that you go out and you pick up Aprita. Yeah, like, you're not gonna do that. The New England overall is a is a good defense. I don't want to be a Belichick guy, but <laughs> I think they let them. <laughs> well, yeah, make Ryan Tannehill beat us. You know exactly, like, more or less. Like they went the other they they went the other route for sure. Well, yeah. yeah, not to mention when they were missing their top three receivers too. I mean, right? I would draw. I would like, you know, put six in the box. Okay, try to throw on us. Maybe even five on the box. Bill's a genius. Okay, <laughs> I mean, kind of is. Uh, Boston Scott rostered in twenty six percent of leagues. Um, he's next on the list. Sanders departed in the second half with uh, an injury. Uh, finished the day with nine carries for sixty four yards and one reception. Um, while playing 32% of the snaps. Um, the Eagles haven't revealed whether Sander, Sanders' ankle injury is related to the one that required a third-game stint on injury reserve, but he appears to be dealing with a less significant injury this time around. Um, Sirianni definitely, uh, didn't definitely say that Sanders would be available for the Eagles' Week 13 game against the Jets. Um Scott in that game put up 15 attempts for 64 yards and a touchdown, three targets through the air, two receptions and eight yards. Gainwell also had four targets, three receptions, 32 yards, no rushes. And Jordan Howard has a chance to return in week 13. So to me, um, Scott feels like a real desperation play ad at this point. Um, Not any real true value there, given the fact that he could be splitting carries with Jordan Howard. And, yeah, what do you guys think? Well, it makes it interesting is the Eagles are by far the best rushing offense in the league uh, as of recent. Yeah. Um, and all year they're leading the league with 160 yards per game, roughly. 
last three weeks, 222 yards per game rushing. So it, it's really hard to predict who's going to be the guy. But you, if you can figure out who's going to be the guy that's um, rushing the ball in that offense, that's definitely the offense to be a part of right now. Yeah, I mean, he. it's worth an add. Um, I think, but if Miles Sanders, I mean, they're already thinking that he'll be good to go for this weekend, or at least, you know, heading towards that direction, which makes his playing um, for Boston Scott a little, you know, super super dicey that way. He still gets a little bit of work in this offense. They do a pretty good committee there, even though Miles Sanders week after week is averaging over five yards carry, and I don't know what Nick <laughs> Sirianni's doing, um, but. but- Oh, nice, dude. That was good timing. <laughs> uh, I think he should be added, but I'm not looking to play him unless someone actually gets hurt. I'm a little worried about, you know, Jordan Howard, too, coming back. Like, if Jordan Howard comes back in Week 13, does he become, and let's say Miles Sanders is healthy, is it Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, then Boston Scott in that committee, you know? or Because they were kind of leaning Jordan Howard before Miles Sanders came back. Um, I think it probably would. Strictly because of the you know touchdown potential with Jordan Howard, um, I wouldn't really want to start him besides Miles Sanders if they're all healthy, just because he's he's still the lead guy there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're not you don't feel happy starting any of them if you had to. Yeah, and a uh, moment of silence for Kenneth Gainwell. All of us that you know saw that <laughs> in the off season and were like, there's some real potential there. Never, I'm ruining your moment in silence. You and, ruined all mine. <laughs> and the beginning of the season, it was looking pretty nice. He was getting some some serious playing time, some nice targets, making some plays. Um, I'll agree on this moment of silence. And then he just if we do it for Tyrell Williams also. And then he just miraculously disappeared. So, not sure. Uh, Tevin Coleman, the last running back on our list, uh, rostered in 25% of leagues. Um. He was the you know free free agent acquisition uh, for the Jets. He was kind of brought in to be that number one runner until you know eventually everyone kind of figured Michael Carter would take over. Um, and with Michael Carter out, um, that kind of opened the door for Coleman to get back into this offense and be relevant again for fantasy. Uh, even though we were all kind of expecting Ty Johnson to be the you know next guy up. Um, it looked like the Jets wanted to go back to Tevin Coleman and, and see what their free agent acquisition could do. Um, at this point, though, for me, like, you know, Austin Walter was getting <laughs> playing time as well. <laughs> exactly. Austin Walter? So it was, you know, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, and Austin Walter, basically in a three-way committee. Austin Walter sounds like someone I hate to work with. <laughs> so for me, I mean, I'm just – you know, the offense struggles to get things going. Um, you're dealing with, a at this point, a three-way committee, apparently, with, with Ty Johnson, uh, Tevin Coleman, and Austin Walter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're in a really, really deep league, you know, Tevin Coleman was definitely their first choice, um, but... Yeah, it's it's looking it's looking pretty sketchy till Michael Carter gets back. I mean, is Michael Carter expected to be back this season? Like a three week IR? Is that what the whole deal is with that? Because yeah. even then, that's, that's such a um, and that's such a hopeful reach if you're going into the playoffs. And even then, playing him in the playoffs. Yeah, Michael Carter. It's expected to be 
uh, just a three-week stint on the IR. Super frustrating because he was getting rolling. Yeah, I mean, you're talking playing him in the championship game, right? <laughs> By the time he gets back and healthy. Just about. So it's either a championship game or the week bef- to get to the championship. Um, so I think you're avoiding the Jets' backfield altogether. I mean, if you if you can't get any of these other guys, <laughs> these other desperation plays um, outside of, like, the top guys this week, then, okay, yeah, add Tevin Coleman and, and see what happens. But for me, I'm just, you know, unless I can get Jamal Williams, Madison, Chuba Hubbard, maybe Hilliard. Um, outside of that, probably not picking anyone up. Uh, for receivers, Van Jefferson is still only rostered in 58% of leagues um, somehow. Um, uh, and even though he did you know, most of his damage last week on a 79-yard touchdown uh, in the second quarter for the Rams, um, he, he was still second on the team in targets with nine. So, um, I love adding Van Jefferson, you know, if he's available in your league, um, cause he could be a nice reliant option going forward, heading into the playoffs. Um, let's say that back Odell Beckham looks like he, he looked good. I mean, he had that big play for the touchdown, but he was definitely dealing with some back pain, um, that was, hampering him a bit so and that can be uh, a nagging injury so i love adding van jefferson if he's available he's a super nice pickup he looks great um if you need a receiver or really just receiver depth i feel like it's definitely someone it's nice to have on the team for sure i mean you also have to throw, throw in the fact that like he almost scored two touchdowns um he you know missed one foot inbounds from a pass from cooper cup um that would have been you know huge for his day um, the one what thing, a pass from Cooper Cup that was was yeah. it like not like where it needed to be? It was perfect. Like this man, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you what, what go can Eags. He do? I'm telling you what, go Eags, baby. That's right. Um, the one the cup overrunneth. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one worry I have a little bit with this passing offense is that not only is Beckham hurt, but Matthew Stafford's also yeah, he's dealing. definitely. I mean, he's not looking great there. So he's been dealing with a back injury for like four or five weeks now, and that's now turning into um, pain in his shoulder and his elbow on his throwing arm. It tends I mean, to happen against teams that are five-plus games above 500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. But, like, it's just one of those things. I mean, he was out there throwing the ball, and not all of his throws were even near a receiver. So there's some worry there a little bit if that continues to go on. At the same time, he had 21, or let's just say 22 fantasy points. Shitty game and still produce. Yeah, they were forced to throw the ball around a lot, which I think they're probably going forward, wanna gonna, they're probably going to want to do less of. Um, you know, you never want to be forced to throw the ball. You want it to be an advantage for you, right? So, um, but still, I think Van Jefferson's a solid ad. Like, would you guys. Let's say for whatever reason, um, Jamal Williams and Van Jefferson are both available in your league, um, and you just need a, a flex going forward. Position doesn't matter. Who would you prioritize, Van Jefferson or Jamal Williams? If it's this week, Jamal Williams. 
Yeah, I think I mean also that t- depends a little bit on the status of your team. If you're you know fighting for a playoff spot, then it's Jamal Williams. If you're talking about more of a long term answer, that's someone who could still de- develop into an even a bigger player over the next you know last few weeks of the season, then it's Van Jefferson. The rich get richer, right? Just bulk up your bench. That's what honestly, as, as yeah. perfectly said, it seems what he is at this point, just like a, a bench buffer, right? Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, rostered in 36% of leagues last week. We told you don't go chasing those 10 targets. He got another nine targets this week for four receptions for 50 yards. Um, so it's the second game in a row where MVS has had, you know, a significant amount of targets. He didn't really break a big one or he didn't break a big one this week. Uh, like he did last week. And it is a little bit significant given that the Packers are playing with a lead. Um, but Randall Cobb also did leave the game early-ish um, with uh, an injury. So that could have been the reason to his additional targets. Um, however, 10 targets last week, 9 targets this week. Packers are, you know, it's not like they really need a significant number two target, but it would be nice to have someone outside of Devontae Adams that is really consistent. Um, are you biting on the targets here two weeks in a row with MVS? I'm going to shoot MVS down so hard right now. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm not interested because of the inconsistency, right? Um, he is interesting because of the... Uh, uptick in usage in the last couple of weeks, you know, 10 targets, nine targets, like you said. But um, with how inconsistent the wide receiver two plus is on Green Bay, it's just a, it's just a bad idea in general already. And then, then you're heading into uh, wintertime in the NFL, and you look into the rest of the Green Bay Packers season, and they play the rest of their season in the northern Midwest or the northern Northeast. Yeah, they're they're gonna head over. Uh, they're gonna play in Green Bay against Chicago. They're gonna play in Baltimore. Then they're gonna play in Green Bay against the Browns and against the Vikings. Then they're gonna go play the Lions at the end of the year, Week 18. It won't matter anymore. Yeah. So it's also a dome. So don't, you don't say, have to worry about. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter anymore. It's a dome, yeah. but that doesn't matter because fantasy wise, Week 18 is not worth shit for most people. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna buy it on specifically because they're on bye week this week and I don't care to roster him uh, if I'm not going to even attempt to utilize him. So I'm just leaning somewhere else this week. He'll probably still be available in 60% of leagues next week. Dude, four outdoor winter games. Wide yeah. receiver two is already unreliable. I love Aaron Rodgers almost as much as this guy over here. Or Jim <laughs> Bob, okay? like literally. I want to let it hamper my you know fantasy decisions. I only... Only in a couple leagues where I can just fuck off and like random leagues. Well, that's what I'm saying. I love A Rod, but as good as he is, man, he we've seen there's been enough opportunities. Well, like honestly, it's like not happen. in any other offense, would MVS even like if this was any other offense, would he be attractive just because he got ten targets last week, nine targets this week? Probably not. You know, like you probably wouldn't even be bringing him up, right? But yeah, now the previous usage and the fact that Cobb got hurt in the last game, but the fact that it's you know, the potential is just like there with Rodgers, but I agree with you guys, especially the point of the upcoming schedule. It's going to be tough to throw the ball, even though, you know, if anyone can do it, it's the man with the big uh, hands. When you say potential, it's, it's potential for a boom or bust game, which he's done his entire career. Yeah, he's it's, definitely a boom or bust option for sure. Like, I would be more interested, in, let's say, if I have to win next week, 
obviously because Marquez Valdez and Scantling isn't going to be playing, but T.Y. Hilton will be playing. He's rostered in 40% of leagues, kind of this right about the same percentage, and he plays Houston next week. Um, so I think, I think they're, you know, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Um, and last week, T Y Hilton, probably, he looked probably the healthiest he's been all year in my opinion. And it was nice to see him targeted in the red zone. Um, five targets, four receptions, 28 yards and a touchdown. Um, and they get Houston next week. So I think he's definitely an option on this list that you could pick up and play next week if you're looking for a buy replacement or you know in a really deep league he's definitely interesting because Carson Wentz is doing a lot better than um uh, I guess really a lot of people thought he would and really a lot of his games he's throwing for two three touchdowns and when you got a quarterback throwing for two or three touchdowns right where are you looking at the receiver or who's catching the touchdowns right and I just it's it's too scattered at this point. It's not consistent enough. But but the fact that Carson Wentz is throwing touchdowns that does make me like T.Y. Hilton more than um, I normally would. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting like that off touchdown. Yeah. yeah I mean th- we're talking about like you know passing touchdowns to Naheem Hines. Um. You know there's yeah. other guys Jack Doyle, Michael Pittman's emerging. Pascal. Um. Who was the other guy that was getting targets last week? I can't even remember his name right now. Well, like, was it Dutton or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, I remember seeing. I can see him right now, like in my mind, and I'm like, yeah, I have num- no number idea sixteen. <laughs> number sixteen. I had not seen him all year until this game. So it's definitely dicey, right? Obviously, it's more of a deeper play. We're literally talking like a veteran player who's going to get like a veteran touchdown behind two young star players who are, when they're on the field, are probably going to be looked at first. The fact it, the fact of the matter is is in Indianapolis, if T.Y. Hilton is healthy and can go out there and produce, like they are going to get him the ball, especially in red zone situations. And I think, you know, he's a good shot. You know, if you're if you're really looking for someone that you can pick up and play this week, like out of these other receivers, obviously Van Jefferson, I would put above him. But other than that, like, I don't know, maybe Visca which we'll talk about in a bit, but he's rostered in more leagues than T.Y. Hilton. I don't know if Irby's about to say what I'm about to say. Are you looking at these past statistics for T.Y. Oh, Hilton? No. no, I wanted to bring up that third receiver we were just talking about for, for Indianapolis just for fun. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ash, do it. Just do his it. name was Ashton Doolin. Okay, Doolin, he, uh, baby. He's a third-year player out of Malone University in Canton, Ohio. Shout out to the Hall of Fame. Oh, damn. Hall and, of uh, Famer, huh? So yeah. would you say that he's he's post-Malone University? Oh. Wow, dude, that's a good time. His life is post-Malone University. And honestly, <laughs> if, you want, if you want to look him up, he kind of looks like a young Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I don't want to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but last year, right, T.Y. Hilton, I don't know if y'all remember, but I remember T.Y. Hilton kind of broke out out of nowhere, and we're just like, why in the hell out of nowhere? T.Y. Hilton, yeah. we all basically gave up on him on that point. And last year, it was... He was playing most of the year, but he started breaking out around week 12, starting hitting double digits. Yep. Week 13, 21. I'm week 14, you. 23. Um, geez. Um, and he always... Good-looking stats all around, honestly. like A lot of targets, catches. Um, for Geez, averaging around like 18 yards a catch. Historically, he's always... Multiple touchdowns. He's always shit on the Jets. Or not Jets, the Texans, too. So... 21 wow. points last year, 11 targets, 8 catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Then played him again. What week was that? 
Um, that was last year, week 13. Dude. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling Whoa, you. Weird. Okay. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, might be pick of the week. Then, I picked then him, you up, him again week I picked 15. Him up last week in a couple leagues. Yeah. Still had a decent yeah. game week 15. Six targets, four catches, 71 yards, nine, 9.1, which is, you know, the worst showing. <laughs> I'm looking back at his game specifically against Houston year after year, and he consistently is averaging 30 points a game a year against Houston. Yeah, I'm telling you. He's a okay. good play this week. So Michael Pittman is going to get those points. <sighs> I'm telling <laughs> I you. I hope. And I hope I hope T.Y. does it. But, yeah, I, I think he can definitely pay, play him this week. Uh, Next on the list. Well, you basically just said T.Y. is your favorite receiver, uh, wide receiver. For next pickup. week, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean – Talking about guys that are less than fifty percent, like Lavisca's above fifty percent, um, Van Jefferson's above fifty percent. So yeah, I mean you're talking T. Y. Hilton or Kendrick Bourne or Josh Reynolds or yeah, Deshaun these, Jackson. These young heads or, forgot, man. Yeah, T. Y. Hilton's gonna come in and tell us. Maybe Russell Pascal Gage. To... Russell Gage might be a, ahead of him, but we'll get to him in a second. Uh, next on the list, though, is Kendrick Bourne, rostered in 21% of leagues. Go Eags. Shout out uh, the 2016 All-American All from Eastern Washington University. Uh, <laughs> he was uh, second on the Patriots last week with six targets, catching five of them for 61 yards and two touchdowns. He has four or more targets in six straight games. Uh, he made a really, really nice play last week, somehow staying in bounds on the sideline. I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, but it was quite the play, breaking tackles literally on the sideline on his toes. I don't know how he stayed in bounds. Uh, but plays like that, I know, certainly earned kudos with uh, Bill Belichick. So it's been tough, though, you know, kind of guessing this wider, uh, yeah, the wide receiver corps for the New England Patriots. Uh, there's been a, kind of a lot of guys involved. Um, and he does have a tough matchup next week against the Bills. So definitely a boomer bust option. Are you guys considering picking up uh, Kendrick Bourne at this point? I'd start watching him. The pa- The Patriots offense is heating up. I will be the first to admit it. Mac Jones is starting to throw touchdowns more than one a game. So now it's starting <laughs> to actually be meaningful. Yep, right. he's kind of sneaking into that wide receiver two role weapon. Like they use him in some pretty interesting ways, um, end arounds, you know, creative plays. He's definitely kind of filling that playmaker role for them. So he's he's getting pretty interesting on my radar. Yeah, and actually, you know, it's not just the last few weeks. If you look at his season, he's receiver twenty three in PPR leagues. So Full PPR or, or half PPR. So that's honestly for at least half PPR receiver 23, which for the season, for the season. I mean, if you look at his, like if, if that's the case, that means that, that he's flex worthy basically every week. And yet he's only rostered in 20% of leagues. Three touchdowns in the last two weeks will definitely put you up there. Yeah. It'll boost you. Yeah, it will. But even go back, like even, you know, go back. But to they weren't we, like how, like they weren't really targeting him too much in the beginning of the season. If I remember right. No, I mean not a ton, but he still had 18 points week three, 14 week six, 13 in week seven. And then, you know, then, then he really went off the last three weeks. So like, yeah, he has bad games, but he has a bunch of good games in there too. You know, better than like, you know, scantling for, for that matter, you know? Right. No, I, I honestly, like, I think at this point, you know, 
this is where it's tough though. They play the Bills next week, then they have a bye. Then they get Colts, which is a matchup you could probably play them. But then they get the Bills again in week 16. Then they get Jacksonville in week 17, but ah He's a good, that's where it's tough. I think he's a know? good depth at. Cuz you probably like, couldn't use him for the next 2 weeks. Probably not. At least. Well, uh, for sure at least at least the second week there cuz they're on bye. Right. Um but I think he's a good add um, for depth in case you have an injury that comes up because he is a guy you could plug in. And he's honestly, like I said, he's borderline flex play week in and week out. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that. If you got some room or there's someone you can drop that's, you know, useless, um, I would consider pick, picking up Kendrick Bourne for sure um, and just seeing what's there. Uh, Josh Reynolds next rostered in four percent of leagues um he has ran the second most routes among lions receivers the last two weeks and tied for the team lead in targets on that thanksgiving game with with five targets uh he led the lions with 70 yards and scored a touchdown um he's clearly been a focal point of the offense since the lions acquired him two weeks ago um not only is he seeing some volume but he's uh, he is the receiver that they're kind of targeting down the field. Um, so, you know, those are some some good points there. And he has a strong matchup next week against the Vikings, who are giving up the most fantasy points per game to the receiver position. Um, so he's technically, you know, for those reasons, in the streaming, you know, category for, for next week. Um, do you guys have some interest in Josh Reynolds widely available? Um, kind of coming on the scene here since they acquired him and he's got a really good matchup. Uh, he's got man, the it, best matchup actually. It, it, it all sounds so good. And I just, it's kind of chasing fool's gold. I, I just can't. I, ah, the lions receivers are a black hole in fantasy. They yeah. they really are. For a minute, it was Khalif Raymond, and at the beginning of the season, it was your boy. Oh, it was never Tyrell Williams. Oh. No, it was Amon Ra. It was literally that like game one, like, wor- like first quarter, he got a concussion. And we're talking, we're in week 12, folks. Can someone check on Tyrell Williams? <laughs> He's still in concussion protocol. It's been 12 fucking weeks. Yeah, well, he saw them lose probably the first five games. They were like, all right. At I'll this point, can I just year. say he's in a coma and he's not responsive? Twelve <laughs> fucking weeks, dude. Can someone check on Tyrell? <laughs> can somebody <laughs> check on this man? Twelve <laughs> weeks in concussion protocol. He missed the whole first semester of goddamn school. Okay, like this is what we're talking about here. Oh, All right, the whole well, season. You you hey. like Tyrell Williams? Do you like Josh Reynolds? Hey, um. No. By the way, this is okay. This is so bad. You've been you've been bringing up Tyrell Williams all this time. You guys realize that he was waived by the Lions 24 days ago? No. <laughs> we're we're so good at looking at it. Can somebody check on this man? They didn't even <laughs> let him get his brain right, and they sent him into the streets. He's probably out with Delonte West smoking meth right now. Dan Campbell, like two weeks ago, was like, you know what? Is um, is Tyrell Williams woken up yet? Yeah, <laughs> or is he still sleeping in the back? No? No? All right, cut him. He's done. Yeah, can he sign the release waiver? Go ahead, roll him out the door and call his... Mom, that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm pissed now. Um, so you're not picking up Josh Reynolds? I'm picking up Tyra Williams off the streets, giving him something Give hot him to eat from chance. McDonald's. It's either 
Would you consider streaming Josh Reynolds? Not a chance. <laughs> All right, yeah. I mean, in the deepest of deepest leagues, like if you need someone and there's literally no one else, yes. Pick up Josh Reynolds. He's playing the worst defense against receivers this year uh, for fantasy purposes. So for that reason alone, in, in the deepest of deepest leagues, you can pick him up. Um, next on the list, LaVisca Chenault, who we talked about a little bit earlier, rostered in 54% of leagues. Um, this one's a, a little bit tricky again, of course. Um, even though he's still rostered in over 50% of leagues, which surprises me, but uh, there was multiple midweek reports that Chenault would see an increased work load out of the backfield and increased touches overall. Lies. <laughs> but uh, you didn't see uh, a single carry out of the backfield, and all his touches amounted to 33 yards overall. Liars. Um, what a surprise with a team led by Mr. Urban Meyer. Um, even Liars. though like <laughs> he did lead the team in targets with nine, um, and he also saw three red zone targets, so that's nice to see. It was also nice to see the Jags start using him in the slot with Jamal Agnew out of the picture. He he ran 71% of routes from the slot. Um, the Jags overall have a really favorable schedule coming up and through the rest of the season, I believe, um, outside of this week. This week they play the Rams, but then they play Tennessee, Houston, and then the New York Jets. I do not care at all. <laughs> so, even though, like, clearly he's a talented player, um, but his fantasy value is definitely attached to the shitty, shitty Jaguars offense. Is that why you don't care? Is, is because he's attached to Urban Meyer in this offense? Yeah, don't even put the Jaguars in there. He's attached to Urban Meyer. I don't want it. <laughs> Where is you brought it up earlier in the season? He he benched this man for a cornerback wearing thirty nine. So this guy made it through. <laughs> I assume um a little bit of high school and most of college with coaches telling him like, yeah, you can't catch the damn ball. Urban Meyer <laughs> though would just found something crazy in him and said he could catch the ball. So he's the worst coach ever, Urban Meyer. And I have no faith in the Jaguars' passing offense. It's a total shit show. Besides Dan Arnold. <laughs> yeah. uh, even Dan Arnold's been a little, yeah, little lackluster last Arnold's couple weeks. Hurt, actually, I think right now, um, I'd have to Google it, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to be playing next headed, week. Headed to IR. Yeah. So there goes your man. Um, for me, the only reason why LaVisca is attractive right now is like I wouldn't play him next week against the Rams, but Tennessee, Houston, and then the Jets. If something happens against the Rams and he has a good game, you could likely see that carry over to some some defenses that have not been great all season, uh, especially against the pass. So, um, for me, like if he's available in your league, I would look to add him. I would not spend a ton of fab because you don't know what's going to happen. Like Trey said, week to week with Urban Meyer. Dude, I'm just going to say, don't fall into this trap, man. They're playing the Jets in, in championship week. Even if the Jaguars are looking good and LaVisca's getting a little bit of points, the Jets are sneaky against receivers. You do not want to play that game. 
especially in championship week. I'm telling you, this is a no, 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 no. Every, I just look, I just see this, and it's all no. Well, yeah, I mean, they're but they're only good against receivers because you know people get just run all over them. They don't have to pass, um, <laughs> yeah. which still what still applies though. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that they're good against. Still applies. Man, I, let's be honest. Have any of us actually watched the Jets play? I mean, a little bit. I tried to watch, you know, most <laughs> tried games. <laughs> but but. I'm just going to say, I mean, like stats only say so much. I mean, a, a couple bad plays can really make your stats look really skewed. I, just, I really feel like the Jets are definitely better against the pass than what they seem like. And against a, an unreliable offense like this, it's just like, if you're cruising in championship week playing LaVisca because they're playing the Jets because the Jets do suck, like, it's, you're, dude, um, I, for, I don't even know what to say. Just just put it, put it all in, in a crypto like, coin. For some reason, I could see that game finishing, like, 13-7, to 7 too. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a total shit show, dude. He is going to lose you a league. Yeah. I'm going to go off on that limb. He might win you a league, but I, I'm so convinced he will lose you a league. He's a no-no for me. Yeah, it's ups- upsetting for sure, but there's just no consistency. So, and and who knows what they're gonna do on game day at this point. So, um, next guy on the list, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, excuse me, I got a hiccup. Uh, rostered in seven percent of leagues. So last week he finally kind of had a decent game. Uh, the touchdown came early in the game on a 56-yard pass uh, from Derek Carr. It's the first time they've really – they've connected for a touchdown uh, since he became a Raider. Um, It's clear that the Raiders want to get him involved, but do you guys see him getting involved going forward? Can you rely on, on Deshaun Jackson at all? Like, is he worth an ad? To me, it's like, Sure, he could see some like two to four, you know, high value targets a game, uh, but what is that worth? You know, I think Deshaun Jackson's worth more than Lavisca at this point. More likely to score you actual points. Um, this is a total homer take, but I feel like with the AFC West being really competitive as it is, um, with the Raiders. Trying to make a playoff push with all the turmoil that's going on. Derek Hart, he's been slinging it like a mofo. And he's just going to keep slinging it, man. And like slinging it more than he has before. I think he's going to keep testing this Deshaun Jackson thing. New coach. It's For him, honestly, just imagine. You were working for somewhere for like eight years, and your boss got fired, and they bring in someone random. It's like, you're basically the boss, dude. You know how that, you know how shit works. You've been there. Well, and they finally bring in a receiver like with a big name ish you know like deshaun jackson like they haven't had he still opens the lid up on defense yeah too. he's always still got some some juice for sure uh, so like Derek carr finally has a first time and I, I feel like in his career where you can be like okay i'm just gonna open this shit up and let people know i can't throw the ball but that's a total homer take i'll be honest yeah to me i'm definitely not really looking to <laughs> to roster deshaun jackson at this point i'm thinking about like even in my deepest of leagues you know, my deep dynasty leagues, let's say, like, um, I wouldn't, you know, drop one of my young valuable, like one of my young pieces who isn't doing anything right now, but they are a young, you know, rookie. I still wouldn't drop them for Deshaun Jackson, even if I am, 
Oops. In a win it now, it's empty. Well, I'm talking like win it now situation. Like Sean Jackson, I feel like is he might get some touchdowns in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not rostering him though. Like, like it's just he gets what maybe a you know one or two deep looks a game. It's just not worth rostering. It's only been a couple of weeks. We we really do not know. Uh, for instance, this next guy, if he's available, um, in your waiver wires, I would definitely add him before Deshaun Jackson. That is Russell Gage, rostered in thirty nine percent of leagues. Uh, seven targets, six receptions, sixty two yards, and a touchdown. He led the team in all categories, uh, for receiving. Um, he had another, you know, solid outing. He's drawn seven plus targets in three of his past four games, um, which kind of puts him in that low end flex uh, territory for for PPR leagues. Um, and he gets the Bucks in Week 13. So assuming uh, Atlanta is going to have to throw the ball probably quite a bit, do you spend some fab on Russell Gage? Ah uh, man, it's so hard to tell. Like I've been high on Russell Gage like early in the season because he's you know wide receiver one, with Calvin Ridley being out at the time, everything looked great. But it's their offense is so inconsistent, like passing wise, you you really can't rely on Gage. It um, and even like with his involvement in the offense emerging in the last couple of weeks, I mean, he's averaged around like ten yards a, a catch, which is around his career yards per catch. I feel like we talked about this a couple of times in this pocket couple of times on this podcast he's a, a shorter route receiver so i mean besides ppr like this guy is probably gonna have no value yeah you have to agree there unless you're in a, a deep like 14 16 team league um it's just this whole passing offense is pretty abysmal right now so it's really hard to want to pick him up yeah definitely hit or miss with atlanta um you know the targets are there like eight targets week nine then he had three in week 10, you know, and that was like a good matchup against Dallas or presumably a good one, but they just didn't play well. And then he had eight targets and then seven targets. Um, but I could kind of see this going the, the route of the Dallas game, in my opinion. <laughs> and, you know, Russell Gage not having a, a good day. Then they play Carolina, San Francisco, who's been sneaky good. And then they finally get Detroit in week 16 and then Buffalo. So yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a tough, uh, road ahead for the Atlanta Falcons. So yeah. Um, you know, if he's available and, and you don't have to spend up for him, sure. But it's going to be tough to play Russell Gage going forward. Um, Nick Westbrook, Akine, uh, rostered in 34% of leagues. This is strictly to the fact that he's pretty much the last man standing. Uh, A.J. Brown, Julio, and Marcus Johnson are all on IR. Uh, Chester's Ro- Chester Rogers did not have a great game last week. Uh, Westbrook went five. He had five targets for two receptions, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so this guy is is an ad strictly for the fact that all those other guys are not available at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I think you have... He's another guy that's on bye. There's a lot of guys on bye this week on this waiver wire episode. Um, yeah. 
so that means I don't think you necessarily need Adam this week. Uh, the week after that, you play Jacksonville, so that that looks well if you want to try to stash him for a week if you have the uh, the depth to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean he is the he is the really the last guy standing there. I mean, there's no other there's no better way of putting that. And even though he didn't do a whole lot of it, he did get the red zone look and got a, and scored a touchdown. So you can bang on that. But I mean, he's what at best a low end flex play. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty deep play. Um, obviously you can't use him next week. Then fourteen week fourteen you got Jacksonville, then Pittsburgh, then San Francisco, then Miami. So if something happens and he becomes you know their their number one option on the outside, like okay maybe there's some value there um, throughout the playoffs, but be tough to play him for sure. Um, eighty five passing yards for the Titans last week. Yeah, I mean... 85. Well, to the point that you brought up earlier, Bill Belichick said, okay, Ryan Tannehill beat us, and they had 85 passing yards. <laughs> so, tough. Tough sledding there. Um, to the tight end position we go, Cole Komet rostered in 28% of leagues. He had 11 targets last week uh, for eight receptions and 65 yards on the day fuck i was a week off you're a week off <laughs> i knew it was coming man yeah a lot of a lot of check downs last week uh from good old veteran andy dalton um so even though cole commit is yet to score a touchdown this season um there is some value in that 11 targets in my opinion but he's strictly a streaming option given the fact that i mean the Bears offense as a whole has not been great. So the opportunity for fantasy output is limited. For sure. Um, I mean, as long as Andy Dalton's throwing the ball around, I think Komet's a decent ad, but not this week against Arizona. They've been one of the best defenses against tight ends all year. Um, they haven't. I doubt that's going to change against this offense. So uh, he's not a guy I'm trying to stream this week. Oh, yeah. Since he's going to be one of my defenses of the week. They're going to be all over this guy. Uh, since he, Arizona, I mean, the Cardinals are really good at creating pass pressure, and they're going to be all over Andy Dalton. Um, Next on the list, I think, is someone with some serious value here if Darren Waller is unable to go. Foster Moreau rostered in 60% or 6% of leagues. Uh, Raiders coach Rick Bisaccia, uh said that. Bisaccia. Bisaccia. Oh, excuse me, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, don't be a Bisaccia. I don't have it, no it right. It's Bisaccia. <laughs> yeah, you, Bisaccia. You come to this podcast <laughs> on the night of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> you insult my family. On the night of my tight end's injury. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, about to find a horse in my bed. Darren Waller is week to week. Um, so... For me, like if Darren Waller's misses any time at all, Foster Moreau is he gives you that you know top twelve tight end upside easily, like almost a must start, right? Um, if Waller's out, he becomes a must start. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was my week seven start of the week when Waller was out. Like, yeah, that's how confident I am in in him. Week seven, he played a hundred percent of snaps. Six targets, six receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, 100% of snaps as a backup tight end, 
That's wild. Yeah, they believe in him for sure. For sure. Um, I think he's definitely a must-add, and I think you could easily start him this week, especially against uh, Washington. The only concern is that, like, Waller went out pretty early in the game, and Fossum Rose still played 89% of snaps and only saw five targets for one catch in three yards. So that's a little concerning, but I, yeah. I'm i not going to let that deter me from picking him up this week and, and playing him. Yeah, my, my big thing about Foster is he's always been like a, a red zone target. Every time they're in the red zone, is right. someone who is liable to get a touchdown. And if he ends up being on the field 100% of the time with Darren Waller out, it just it just increases his chances. I mean, at that point, his floor becomes like eight points, and then he might score a touchdown and get you like 15. So it's... um. Uh, definitely a very good pickup. And I think week seven is a better example to look at than last week because in week seven, they knew Darren Waller was going to be out. Foster Moreau's game planned in all week, right? Um, so he's more part of the game plan rather than Darren Waller not playing, surprisingly, and, and then him being shuffled in. But Dude, I have insider knowledge. I, I don't want to be like the homer here, but this is not even homer stuff. This is insider knowledge, basically, like being a Raiders fan. The backups to Foster Moreau are not worthy of even, honestly, like running routes. You have Derek Carrier, who's basically a glorified lineman, and the guy behind him is the the fucking long snapper, okay? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, like that's how much faith they have in Foster Moreau as the backup. They saw what yeah. he can do. Like, he's definitely very, very um, capable. For sure. The ability's there. Um, he could give you some big weeks if Darren Waller's unable to go. Uh, Jack Doyle. <laughs> He's got to be put on the list at this point. Uh, rostered in 3% of leagues. Seven targets last week, six receptions, 81 yards uh, for a tu- and one touchdown. He led the Colts uh, with six catches and 81 um, yards on seven targets. Um, he's seen five or more targets in three straight games. Um, he's a red zone target for, for the Colts, and he plays Houston in week 13. So he becomes a viable starting streaming option uh do you guys like picking up streaming jack doyle next week not really <laughs> <laughs> if you have to um i'm, I'm hoping i don't have to uh, i don't i think there's probably better options i mean he's super streaky yeah. um i mean we said that would you rather play cole commit next week or jack doyle it's cole all day yeah, it has to be just because he's a bigger part of the offense. I understand the five targets in three straight games, but look at his, you know, eight games before that. He had, like, didn't get more than two targets in a game. Right. So, I mean, there's there's no way I'm picking up Jack Doyle. Yeah, real deep league, you know, he has a shot to score a touchdown, and that's what you're, you know, hoping for. He definitely has that, but it's definitely a deep, deep league ad. Uh, Ryan Griffin, 3% roster rate. Um the only reason he's on this list is because he's playing the Eagles, who have given up uh, kind of a, an insane amount of fantasy points to the tight end position uh, so far this year. Um, they're giving up the most fantasy points per game to tight ends um, at 12.3 right now, which is like more than a full point above the next closest. And they're more than like 20 plus in total points to the second team on the list. I can't remember who it is, but at any rate, the Eagles have given up points to the tight ends every single week. So there's some value there in Ryan Griffin um, if you're looking for a deep streaming option. 
Well, why did I just look up Ryan Griffin on Sleeper and I got a white quarterback for the Buccaneers? <laughs> uh, wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, wrong guy. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, are they gonna like differentiate between the two? Oh, here we go. Oh, another white guy makes sense. Ryan Griffin. Here we go. He's a tight end for the Jets. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm just like, damn, two Ryan Griffins in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, it seems like probably a pretty common name. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about white for sure. <laughs> uh, quarterbacks, Taysom Hill. He's only rostered in 12% of leagues. Um, and it looks like, you know, we've been kind of waiting on him to get a start, and it looks like he's finally going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints uh, in week 13. He's a full participant in practice on Monday. And they've already slated him into the starting role against the Dallas Cowboys in week 13. How do you feel about Taysom Hill? And are you spending a good amount of fab on him? I, I'm i going to go out on a super limb and say, if you don't have a really good quarterback and you're going in the playoffs, Taysom Hill is someone who's going to like win you the championship. So you'd be spending 50-plus percent of fab? Yes. Easily, we're heading into week thirteen. Yeah, week thirteen yeah. of the season, and if you, you have a quarterback have... who's stepping into the, the the game with that much rushing upside, with Trevor Simeon as his backup, who basically you know worked his way out of his job, right? There, Taysom Hill has the reins for the rest of the year. They're not going to bench him, right? Why would you? You just guaranteed this guy how much money? Better see what the hell what? you just uh, bought. One passing <laughs> touchdown, one rushing touchdown, maybe 50 yards a game. That that puts him top 10 tight end easily. Or top five t- quarterback. <laughs> I was mean. like, can you still play him tight end? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't yeah, I think he's only listed a quarterback now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <sighs> that was fun last year while it lasted. Yeah, the whole, like, what, one week? <laughs> the one yeah. week you could do that? Um, Ah, oh, man. I don't want to agree with you because I feel like I don't love – like throwing him in there like this week, but I can't find myself to disagree with you. So I guess yeah, fucking go for it. Honestly, I'm, I w- wouldn't even like throw him in this week. I would be a little, I'm a little, you know, if you got someone who's good and consistent, keep him. But with Taysom, I would pick him up for sure and hope that he comes to fruition. Man, he gets um well Dallas next week, then the Jets, then Tampa Bay, then Miami, then Carolina. So there's some good matchups yeah, in there. There are. I was just looking at that. Uh, the sleeper app certainly has the same uh, idea that Trey does in terms of the fact that he's going to go off because uh, he's projected for it's the rushing ability for 24 or 25 points a game for the rest of the season on the sleeper app. For me, yeah. If you don't have a solid, like really solid starting option at quarterback, um, I'm talking like a top five five option. I'm spending, if not all my fab, like maybe I'm carrying a couple dollars into the playoffs, but I'm spending a lot of my fab on Taysom Hill. Better spend those last two dollars. Yeah, and maybe it's hard for me to put my myself in that position because a couple of weeks ago we were already really high on Taysom Hill, 
and we thought he was going to come in, and they weren't going to start Trevor Simeon. Yeah. So, I mean, I was already a couple weeks ahead of Simeon. that, and yeah. if you were to listen to us, hopefully you picked him up and been stashed and Taysom Hill, because that's exactly what I did, and I've been holding on to him, so now yeah. I don't have to pay shit for him. In leagues that you didn't get him in, I was definitely, and that I needed a quarterback in, I was definitely adding him, you know? Um, but he's still only rostered in 12% of leagues, so he's widely available. I don't know. People are sleeping. That means man. if you're listening to this right now and you, and you need a quarterback or just another, like, let's say you have like Aaron Rodgers, right? Solid quarterback, obviously, for fantasy purposes. But, like, if you can play Taysom Hill on those really nice matchup weeks, you know, against the Jets, against, you know, whatever. I can't remember the rest of the schedule, but honestly, it probably maybe be the Jets. Like, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Panthers all have respectable Yeah, defenses. the Dolphins have definitely been above par the last five weeks. Um, but still, the rushing upside in the red zone situations, can't deny that. Um, Carson Wentz makes the list right now. He's rostering 52% of leagues, mostly because he gets the Texans in week 13. Um, and Wentz is t- now top 17 fantasy points in nine of his 12 games of the season. Um, he scored 17 points against the Texans, uh, previously in the year in week six blowout. Um, so it could be a solid streaming option there, uh, for you next week. Yeah. Great, great stream after that. They're on by, then they get new England and Arizona. Those are not great matchups. Um, so I don't know if I really want him after that, but he does get Las Vegas in week 17, which was for a lot of people will be their championship week. I mean, if you have a you know a iffy quarterback, that's a pretty good stream championship week too. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know about that one. The Raiders have a really good pass rush and a decent pass defense this year, so I would maybe hold back a little bit on that championship rush. <laughs> honestly, it looks, sounds like a good bet um, to come up with uh, in our Week 17 matchup episode. I will remember that. Uh, last guy on the list uh, really only makes the list because of his upcoming schedule. But Trevor Lawrence, if you're in you know two quarterback leagues and he's not added somehow or uh, really deep leagues, uh, he's rostered in 42% of leagues right now. After his Week 13 bout against the Rams, he has a really favorable matchup against uh, matchups uh, against Tennessee, then Houston, and then the Jets. Um, so that's kind of why he makes this list, um, to keep an eye on that. Yeah. If you're in a standard 10 or 12 team league, you, I I don't want any part of that. You mean half PPR 10 or 12 man? Well, that doesn't matter. It's a quarterback. He's not out there catching balls. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, unless it's super flex, Trevor Lawrence is garbage. Alrighty. (laughs) (laughs) So pick up Taysom Hill. Uh, we, we are the fantasy football fathers and you can catch us on Twitter at the FF fathers. Um, good luck in your waivers this week. We will have a matchup episode for you on Friday for the upcoming week 13 matchups. So long and sayonara.